welcome to Feminine Founder. I'm Caroline Finnington, your host. Today, I have Kelsey Boyer joining me. Kelsey is the founder of Women's Leadership Accelerator. Hello, so excited to be here. So excited to have you. So just to get started, tell us more about yourself. You went from being a corporate senior account executive to running a startup as a founder. And now you are the CEO and founder of Owning Your Own Business. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So after coming from close to a decade in the hospitality industry, I thought being in the startup world would make the most sense and suit me well. So I I started there as a, in the account executive position. And then I, I was still figuring things out and what was best for me. So I tried corporate for a couple of years, realized very soon that my my intuition was was correct and startup is the place for me. And so I was offered a really unique opportunity to join a two-person company as the third employee and partner to help build it from the ground up. And this was really amazing, but I noticed that as we grew and as I met with more clients and brought more clients on, I was usually the only woman at the table. And so I worked hard to bring more women up within my organization, but soon recognized that my impact was going to be limited if I stayed within one company. And I'd been certified as a coach since life and executive coach at, since the end of 2016 and already coaching on the side and in, in many different capacities. And I knew this was something that I really enjoyed doing and I had a dream to go full time one day for probably over a decade. And so after that professional realization and a really big breakup and a major transition year. And I actually remember my boss asking me, it's like, Kelsey, where do you, where do you see yourself in three to five years from now? Do you see yourself in this industry? And I just, I just broke down and started bawling my eyes out in our performance review and was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's here. <laughs> and, and that's when I knew <laughs> that was, there were a couple defining moments in that transition year. And that was definitely one of them. And I knew it was time to take the leap to launch Women's Leadership Accelerator, and so which is my mentorship program for aspiring and new female leaders to break into masculine leadership. So, as you've worked with female leaders over the past, you know, four plus years, what advice <laughs> would you give to female leaders on best practices when it comes to hiring? Yes, a great question, and. I'm, I'm going to loop this in with sort of attracting and retaining talent as well, because there's just so many things that affect hiring, but then affect the other and they go hand in hand. And I'm going to reference uh, this report that was actually done by McKinsey and lean in for 2022. And it essentially went through the current representation of female leaders in North America and a bunch of stats around why women leaders are leaving their jobs more than male leaders and steps to combat this. And, and retain these women. And so I'm going to reference some of their suggestions and the statistics within and with, of course, my spin on it. But I think the biggest thing is if there is availability for it, or just finding a way to offer inclusivity training for all hiring managers. So they're not bringing in any of their biases into hiring processes. So that could look like bringing in someone external. It could be someone internal is doing it. I think it depends on the structure of the organization. And this one's going to sound really biased on my end. <laughs> but investing in mentorship at all levels, 
because at the end of the day, it's true. I mean, to ensure women are, that are are getting the support that they need to rise through the ranks. I mean, that's that's why I do what I do because I'm allowing women to rise through the ranks. But even outside of that, investing in mentorship and internship programs for women college graduates to really help shape the future of female leaders of tomorrow and be able to promote within over the years. And the thing with mentorship programs and, op- and opportunities for women is that it's actually a selling point for potential hires as well. So not only does it attract and retain talent, but one of the stats shared in the study mentioned that I mentioned was that women leaders are 1.5 times more likely as men at their level to have left a previous job to work for a company that's more committed to DEI. So showing that you're committed to DEI is a huge way to bring in more talent and attract and retain them. And on the note of mentorship, I have a lot to say on this topic, so I'm just going to keep a couple more points. I'm almost done. (laughs) Go for it. I love it. All right. Awesome. And I think if, if companies are looking for, okay, well, cool mentorship, what does that mean? Like what, what do women want to know? I've noticed that the topics that are most popular are having difficult conversations, communication, conflict resolution, how to give and receive proper feedback, back decision-making, networking, confidence building, like all of these areas are, are really key for attracting and retaining women. And Another thing that they mentioned, uh, I think it was Citibank in either 2021 or 22, they launched a diversity sourcing team in the U.S. to really identify diverse talent and which would include women in mid to senior level roles. So I think that's a really great idea. I know not all organizations have the capacity to to have a diversity sourcing team, but the concept of it, I think, could be applied anywhere. And I think my final point here is really to ensure, again, this is more for attracting and retaining, but also just to have some sort of remote or hybrid flexibility. And again, 49% of women leaders say flexibility is one of the top three things they consider when joining a company, which makes sense in so many ways. I mean, the greater majority of women are still homemakers. So it, it makes sense that the remote flexibility is incredibly important and it's such an easy fix to continue to bring in those diverse hires. So I know I've just given a lot, so I'll summarize all of that. <laughs> but again, like offering inclusivity training for all hiring managers, investing in mentorship at all levels from entry level to executive level and launching some sort of diversity sourcing and having some sort of remote or hybrid flexibility. And I think all of these things will be really supportive in hiring and attracting and retaining top talent. All of those things you just mentioned, the DEI training, the inclusivity training, the investing and mentorship at all levels. I mean, that is just a hook, a huge selling point when you're out there trying to recruit, you know, top talent especially if you're looking for, you know, female leaders to come into your company. Um, it's an opportunity. It's a selling point. I mean, I know myself, I would be definitely interested in that, attracted to that. I think it's always a highlight with companies that we partner with, you know, when they do have females in leadership, it's just another selling point as a recruiter. Um, and so yeah. that's so huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what advice would you give to a female leader that's maybe just stepped into a management role or going into a new company as a director or as a VP? Kind of what advice would you give to them um, from that standpoint? Love this question. There's so many things I could say here, but I, the biggest thing I hear from female leaders and my clients is that they are so afraid to fail or make mistakes because of the fear that they'll lose out on this new opportunity that they've worked so hard to get. And first of all, it's, it's just not true. <laughs> you were chosen for this role for a reason. You've already proven yourself as a leader. So give yourself that grace and compassion as you make mistakes, learn and grow and remind yourself that your mistakes don't define your worth. And I actually just wrote a post about this the other day. So I'll share what I wrote because I think it'll be really helpful here. But just because you have a failure doesn't mean you are a failure. And again, I, I'm going to repeat it because it's so important. Just because you have a failure doesn't mean you are a failure. And as an entrepreneur, I've made a ton of mistakes that have cost me thousands in new business. I've had clients leave before our agreement was supposed to end. I've invested in a coach who was clearly only in it for the money and it resulted in a big $10,000 L. And even as a leader, I, I lost out on a really massive high paying client. And regardless of all of these mistakes that I've made, it, they got me to where I was or where I am as a leader, entrepreneur and coach. And I didn't lose out on my business. I didn't lose out on my leadership role and none of these things defined me. And so I think it's really important to remember that. And also it is so highly unlikely that you're going to make as big of a mistake as you're playing out in your head or that the repercussions are going to be as big as you're playing it out to be in your head. So really just sitting back to understand the stories that you're telling yourself and then also acknowledging the truth of the situation. And so the, the truth really is, is that you're not a failure because you made a mistake on a project. You're not a failure because you didn't handle a conflict where you're with your employee, your boss, as well as you could have. And you're not a failure because you effed up, even if it was a big one. I mean, at the end of the day, this failure and mistakes are proof that we courageously tried, took risks and learn, and we need to fail first in order to succeed. So celebrating the lessons learned during the experience instead of being so hard on ourselves for the mistakes. I think that's so great. I think just because you fail once doesn't make you a failure. And so I guess that leads me to my next question about, you know, as women in business, we tell ourselves, you know, maybe we're not good enough for this. Maybe we're not qualified enough for this. And that all goes oh, yeah. back to imposter syndrome. Yeah. So talk to me more about what's worked best when, you know, overcoming these, especially when you move into a leadership seat or join a new company as a leader. I mean, those thoughts definitely creep through our heads. Totally. And so the first thing I wanted to say on this is that I've worked with hundreds of women and 98% of them have admitted to having imposter syndrome at all levels, all the way up to I've worked with the right hand of the CEO of a company and many executives. So I think just knowing that we're not alone in this and, and how common it is, is really supportive. But outside of this, a big thing that I always tell my clients is that imposter syndrome rarely comes up while we're in the midst of failing at something or while we're failing. It comes up when we've leveled up 
and we're trying to protect ourselves from failing at this new level because we're uncomfortable here and we've never been here before. And so reminding yourself that having imposter syndrome actually means that you've just achieved a ton of success and it's forcing you to level up, AKA you're a total badass, first of all. <laughs> and whatever you're thinking is likely a limiting belief. I mean, even my point earlier talking about the difference between the stories we tell ourselves and the truth of the situation. So you, all of us are saying, I'm not experienced enough, smart enough, good enough, or qualified enough, whatever it is. And it's just not the truth of the situation. So I always recommend to write down the evidence that supports the opposite of this belief or story that you're telling yourself. And that shows you your qualified experience have had successes and use that as your North star and thing to guide you as you navigate your imposter syndrome, because again, you're there for a reason. It's all about the stories that we tell ourselves. And a lot of times it's easier to go down the rabbit hole of the negative rather than the positive. And we don't want to be seen as a know-it-all or overly confident. So it's balancing that act, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how can female leadership help with attracting and retaining top talent? Yeah, I think just referring back to a lot of the points I mentioned earlier, I, 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 I there isn't much I would add to that. Like, offering inclusivity training, investing in mentorship at all levels. And even if a woman is in an executive level role, investing in mentorship for herself. I mean, maybe she got there and, and, and achieved a lot, but has she invested in mentorship along the way because she can still learn and improve and pass that down to her for her direct reports. And I think also, again, ensuring to have some sort of remote and hybrid flexibility. I know Lots of industries like the finance industry are like, no, we are back to work five days a week. But at the end of the day, if the pandemic has shown us anything, it's shown us that we can all still be really, really effective working remotely. So being able to have that flexibility is so important. The companies that I've seen from a recruiting perspective that are mandating the 100% back on site, they're losing top talent like crazy. <laughs> and a lot of them are women because... You know, women have a lot of household responsibilities or kids yep. or whatnot, fill in the blank. And they're losing out on retaining those top professionals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the the stats are in. I mean, the, the numbers don't lie. I mean, if a company really wants to prioritize in having diverse hires on their team and investing in women, then they need to change their policies. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, how can our listeners find you? I understand you have a upcoming cohort coming up. And so tell us all the things. Yes. So our lis listeners can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Kelsey Boyer. It's, it has she slash her beside my name. So you should be able to find me there. My website is wla.coach. And yes, my next cohort of Women's Leadership Accelerators starts the week of May 15th. I do have a couple spots left. They are filling up pretty quick, but still got a couple spots left. So super exciting. Well, thanks again. It was wonderful sitting down and chatting with you. And you guys go check her out on LinkedIn and on her website. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.